It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Schlereth, alongside my co-host, Mike Evans, uh, Millennial Bim, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Um, bet like a pro, bet with Bet Rivers. Check them out at betrivers.com. Also, great guys over at Dude Wipes, man. They do such a, oh, just as unbelievable. Dude Wipes. And we got a 15% off special for you. That's right. Uh, dudeproducts.com. Enter in the code STINK15. Get 15% off your butt wipes and uh, all the other wipes and uh, all the other great products they have over there. So, STINK15, dudeproducts.com. Michael, how are you, my friend? I am well. What's that saying? And the meek shall inherit the earth? Yes. Uh, yeah. We got a little bit of that last weekend in the NFL, didn't we? With Jacksonville stunning Buffalo, the Giants over the Raiders, and... Right here in Denver, the Broncos shocking the Cowboys. There's always that one weekend in the NFL season. Usually it happens like week five or six. It's a little later this weekend where the Earth's axis like tips up on its on its side or whatever. I don't know if that I said that right, but it just is like bizarro weekend where all these crazy things happen and that was last weekend, man. It was, I mean, it was just like what you looked at it and you're like, really? Like that just happened? And and no bigger one than the Broncos, right? Going to Dallas where we were like, hey, Dallas might be the best team in the National Football League. They're getting Dak Prescott back. They've been, they've been hanging. They averaged 32 points a game. They've been hanging 40 points per game at home on their opponents. It's been unbelievable butt-whipping. Hey, man, this defense has been stellar with Micah Parsons and Diggs, and they've been great. And I tell you what, you've got no chance. I didn't think there was any chance. And next thing I know, I look up, I'm calling a game in Baltimore. I'm calling Baltimore, Minnesota, and I'm looking at the scoreboard during breaks. I'm like, 30 to nothing, Broncos? Is this a misprint? They put the score on the wrong guy or the wrong team? I mean, it was it was crazy, Mike. So... Of these surprises, then, you got the Raiders losing, you got the Cowboys losing, and Buffalo losing. Which one of those results kind of shocks you enough to make you question how legitimate these teams are? Um, the only one that really makes me question the legitimacy, like I still think at the end of the day, Buffalo's a really good team, even though they dropped one to the sorry Jags, right? And... um who knows? Maybe the Jags are are getting better. At, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Urban Meyer promised everybody on the Jags free drinks at his bar. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what happened there, but I still think I'm glad the, you stopped at drinks. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think that at the end of the day, um, the Bills are still a pretty good team. Okay, so I won't go there. And I think I think Dallas. I mean, I'm watching that game. I mean, there were a bunch of drop balls. There was a lack of execution. Um, you know, I mean, you block a punt that could turn the game around and you touch it about four inches after it crosses the line of scrimmage. And so then it becomes like a muff and the Broncos get the ball back. Like, there were a lot of things that didn't bounce your way. I just thought that Dallas looked like they didn't execute, like they hadn't been prepared, like they thought they could just show up and win a football game, I still believe that Dallas is a good football team. 
you know, regardless of the of the loss of the Broncos. They still believe that. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think those two, I think, you know, the Rams lost to a really good Titans team, and they didn't look very good. And, and Matthew Stafford threw a couple of picks. I still think the Rams are a really good football team. So the only one that I have a little bit of a question mark is the Bengals. Like, they've had early success, and all the Who Day people were all over me, like, we're the best team, we've won. Yeah. All right, then you win a huge game. You know, it's so much easier to respond to failures in this league than it is to respond to success. Not just this league, this is life in general. Like, how do you respond to prosperity? How do you respond to the good times? How do you respond to to success? That's way harder than responding to failure. Responding to prosperity. How do you prepare? You know, the thing I've always said about Tom Brady. Well, there's a lot of things I've said about Tom Brady. Yeah, where do we begin? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm talking to him this week, by the way. First thing, moisturizer, which one? Like, that's the first question right off the bat, right? Because that guy's skin is glorious. Oh, jeez. But the thing that's always fascinated me about Tom Brady is is all the success you've had and you're not satisfied by it. Like, you're responding to prosperity. Seven world championships. Ten times you've been to the world championship, you know, game. Like, how? And for Cincinnati, you won a huge game against Baltimore, a team that has over five seasons just treated you like, you know, the little brother and beat you around. You come out and you win a game. Now, it was 17-13 in the third quarter, and you end up scoring 28 unanswered on some missed tackles and some big plays, but you you hang 41 and win 41-17. How do you respond? You drop one to the Jets, and then you drop another one to Cleveland, which you get absolutely trucked in. Like that's the one team that scares me a little bit because how do you deal with prosperity? How do you deal with success? How do you deal with people writing nice things about you? Are you too busy patting yourself on the back to really pay attention to the details that got you to that point? They're the only ones that really, truly give me a little bit of pause, Mike. All right, I'm surprised you left the Raiders out as a team that uh. gives you pause. Yeah, I, I still think the, I still think the way that Derek Carr plays the game, the way that Waller plays the game, the effort that they've given on defense. I mean, think about back-to-back weeks what they have been through, um, the emotional distress. They they lost their head coach. They respond with a butt whipping in Denver that was impressive. And then the Henry Ruggs, you know, DUI accident, vehicular homicide. Um, it, man, it is, it, that, that is just, that's devastating. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just, it's, it's devastating, obviously, for the victim and her family and all that goes into that and, and just gut-wrenching. Um but you also you also know you know Henry Ruggs. I mean, you're you're going to go to jail. Your career is probably over. your life as you know it is probably over. And 
and I've said this before, and I probably said it on this podcast. I mean, forget about whatever prison sentence you get. You're going to get one. It's the prison of living with that, that memory scorched in your mind for the rest of your life that you took somebody's life because of a careless, stupid decision on your behalf. You've, you took somebody's life. Um, and it's not, it's not ruining your, Hey man, I've ruined mine. I, I can live with that. I can accept that, that I did that, but I, I ruined somebody else. I ruined not only her life, but her family's lives. That that's, that's to me, that's the worst prison you'll ever face. Um, and I got to believe that he is, you know, a thoughtful, I mean, I, I got to believe that, that those are the things, everything that I've heard about the kid, he's a thoughtful, quiet, you know, kid. Um, and that's, that is, I mean, that's gut-wrenching. You would think that perhaps after everything that happened during the offseason with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and in the wake of what's gone on with uh, Vaxgate, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. that the, the Packers might be like, you know what, this is just more of a headache than we need, right? Right. And then Jordan Love goes out and plays. <laughs> yes. And now all of a sudden, whatever Aaron Rodgers may be, whatever stance he take that you may or may not agree with, however kooky you think he is, whatever you may think about his man bun, whatever you may think of Aaron Rodgers, when you watch Jordan Love play, suddenly Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem so bad, does he? No, he doesn't. And that's exactly, yeah, I mean, that's probably exactly why what transpired this summer transpired. You know what I'm saying? Like why the Green Bay Packers were talking to people or why people were reaching out or why there was a pending trade and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, that's right. Uh, Jordan Love can't – he's not ready for prime time. And that certainly – that performance certainly didn't do anything to ease your mind. Um, but, again, I think, you know, I think the majority of people out there are pretty disappointed in Aaron Rodgers, myself included. Um because you had an opportunity like th- this, we live in a nation that just can't wait to forgive you. We really do. And the debacle that was Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show was—I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, well, I, why was it a debacle? Well, because you had an opportunity to actually apologize for being a moron. You know, as as my coach used to say all the—he'd say it to me all the time. For a dumb guy, or for a smart guy, you sure are dumb. Like, dude, you had a you had a chance to go. Hey, you know what? I was disingenuous. Um, hindsight being twenty twenty, I I shouldn't have done it. Like saying I was immunized, and then going on, on top of saying you were immunized, then going on a diatribe about, hey, I'm not going to judge the guys who are unvaxed differently. You're the guy that's unvaxed. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's it is it's a lie. It's disingenuous. And if you weren't following the protocols, which obviously you weren't at the Halloween party or you weren't when you were addressing the media without a mask or you weren't when you were on the sideline. Man, I just did a Baltimore game. Like there are guys that have balls enough. Aaron, there are guys that have balls enough to say, "I don't believe in the vaccination, so I'm not taking it." And I'll take the vaccination. I'll take the uh, 
the COVID test every day and I'll wear the mask where I'm required to wear the mask and I'll do all the things that I'm supposed to do. But they have the onions. They have the onions to at least say it and not pretend that they're vaccinated. All right, so to be clear, this isn't about you disagreeing with Roger's stance on the vax. It's just how he handled himself. Yeah, how he lied about it. it. Right. Yes. How he okay. lied about it. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's basically the that's the And then, then you have an opportunity to come clean, and you don't. And that, again, for me, is shame on you. Shame on you. Because I just met with Lamar Jackson. And I sat down in a room with Lamar Jackson. You know what Lamar Jackson had on? A mask. You know why? Because he's unvaccinated. You know how I know he's unvaccinated? Because he's got the onions enough to say, I don't believe in getting vaccinated, so this is how I'm going to operate. Just like Carson Wentz and just like uh, who's the Buffalo Bills receiver is essentially Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley and just like the rest of the guys who said, man, I don't believe in it. I don't want to do it. I have my questions. I'm not doing it. I'll jump through all the other hoops as opposed to pretending that you were. And then having the just the, the goal to say, I'm not going to judge those guys any differently. You disingenuous turd. Come on. And Aaron's a, like, I love Aaron. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. This is exactly how I would treat my own son. Like, I love him. I, he is, he's, I consider him a friend. I love him. Dude, you, what you're doing is just, again, I don't want to politicize it, right? I, I mean, he came out like talking about, I don't want to politicize, but let me politicize it real quick. You know, I know the woke mob's going to come after me, the woke media, the woke mob, and the, you know, the cancel culture and da-da-da-da-da. Dude, hey, man, I screwed up. Hey, I was disingenuous, you know. Doesn't change the way I believe about it, but. But I should have done, I should have had onions enough like, Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson and and Cole Beasley and all the others who did Kyrie Irving, yeah. So any anyhow, you know what? That's a classic case of I want my cake and I want to eat it too, right? I don't want to potentially. I want to keep all my endorsement deals. I want to make sure that everybody has a warm fuzzy feeling about me, even though I'm you know I I'm I refuse to do I refuse to get the vaccine. So, I guess the other flip side of that game, uh huh, for the second week in a row, even in victory, Kansas City doesn't look right. No, they don't, right? Right? Mahomes doesn't look no. right. And being that I live in Denver, I couldn't be happier about it. <laughs> Suddenly, he doesn't look like the boogeyman anymore, right. does he? I mean, we were like— This per- guy's going to torture us for the next 15 years? Maybe not. I know. We were sitting in here going, for 15 years, we're going to have to deal with this. All of a sudden, Kansas City—I mean, he don't look right. Travis Kelsey don't look right. Nothing looks quite right. Like, like they look to me like they are pressing so hard to be the same dynamic. I almost feel like, you know how, Mike, you try to, defenses always try to make 
the offense one-dimensional. They're always like, hey, what we got to do is shut down the run. If we shut down the run, we'll make it one-dimensional, and then we can really play the pass, right? I almost feel like Kansas City is making themselves one-dimensional because they're so damn stubborn about proving that we're a high-flying, highfalutin, throw it down the football field like you pay to come to the circus. You want to see the the high-flying trapeze act, right? I mean, I almost feel like that's what they are. Nobody comes to the circus to watch the elephants, you know, stomp around in a circle. They want to see the death-defying trapeze artist that goes netless. Just in case the dude slips and doesn't make it, right? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. And I almost feel like there are so many options, especially for Patrick Mahomes. Underneath, check it down. Dump it off. Let your let your back do the work. Let your underneath receiver do the work. Nah, screw it. I'm not going to throw I'm throwing the deep ball. You know, I'm throwing the the deep in-cutting route. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the harder avenue. I almost feel like that's kind of the deal. And they just kind of keep screwing up. They just don't. I mean, here you have an Aaron rodgers list Packers. Love, who just is like little hoof. And you barely can win that game. It don't and look you, right. No, you've made yourself, like you've made yourself. You're so hell-bent to getting the highfalutin, high-flying, over-the-top offense back that we're not taking, like, Everybody's playing them deep. Everybody's playing them safeties at 22 yards. And, like, just throw it underneath for the love of Pete. Why do we say for the love of Pete? Or why do I say it? Where, where's, that, where's for the love of Pete going? Yeah, what from? did Pete do? Uh, I don't know. To deserve all this. I don't the, For the Seems love like of Pete. Every podcast, we go down this road. So, I'll, I'll get into another topic, and then I'll look it up. Okay. The, the, the origin, the genesis. Of the you. genesis, the, uh, etymology the etymology of for the love of Pete. I will do that. I'll have an answer for you here okay. in just a second. Great. Because uh, I say for the love of Pete all the time. I have you, no idea uh, what it means. Like willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Why? 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 I'll let you know in a minute. So we saw two teams in two different ways basically say goodbye to prominent players. The Broncos with Von Miller in a trade mm-hmm. with the Rams, and the Browns with Odell Beckham Jr. just basically saying, see ya. Yeah. And both teams went out and played maybe their best game of the season. Certainly it was the case of the best game of the season for the Broncos, and I think you could say the same thing about Cleveland. Coincidence or cause-effect? I think there's some cause-effect there, and I think it's two different forms of cause and effect. So let me start with the Broncos. The cause and effect for the Broncos is you lost the face of your franchise. You lost the Super Bowl MVP. You lost your last bastion of glory, so to speak, right? And everybody here locally talked about the fact that you were spent. Like the 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 organization has basically said to you that you're no longer relevant. We traded away the Super Bowl MVP the face of the franchise, and we don't believe in you guys. You're not a playoff contender. We are selling parts of the franchise because we don't think you've got what it takes. And the Broncos responded to the quote-unquote disrespect, the disrespect card, and went out and played their best game, went out and shocked the Dallas Cowboys to the tune of 
30 to nothing with about four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter and ended up winning 30 to 16. So I think that's the cause and effect factor there when it comes to the Broncos. For uh, for the Cleveland Browns, I think it's I think it's something else. I think it's I am tired of the Mopey McMoperson, the get him the ball, my dad's posting videos. You know, Dude Wipes is a sponsor of this show. It's like walking around with an itchy crack. It just, it like, no matter what you do, until you get it wiped out, <laughs> there is, there, you're going to be uncomfortable. I think. Man, I, can you turn a phrase? Right. I think the Cleveland Browns <laughs> had itchy crack. Oh, geez. They had itchy crack, and they needed to go to Dude Wipes, dudeproducts.com. Enter the code STINK15 to get 15% off your itchy crack solution. And they just went, dude, this guy's giving me an itchy crack. And there's only one There's only one way to get around that. That's a that's a courtesy wipe. Uh-huh. They went courtesy wipe on him. <laughs> they did. They just got rid of him, courtesy wipe, and they're like, man, I feel fresh. <laughs> just fresh as a daisy. And then they went out and just pummeled the Bengals. So I think I think it is cause and effect. I think one was responding to you guys don't believe in us. The other was thank goodness that guy's gone. You know what do I like? There's two things I always tell my kids. There's two types of people in this world, right? People who energize the room when they walk into it, and people who energize the room when they walk out of it. I think they walk. I think that dude walked out of it, and the whole th- the whole organization went. Thank the Lord that turd's gone. Funny you mention the Lord. <laughs> it is so. For the love of Pete, mm-hmm. has its uh, origins as a replacement instead of saying, uh, "For the love of God" or right. "For Christ's sake." Yes, it became. Let's let's find another name. So why Peter? Why Pete? Why not Tom or Ed? Mm-hmm. It uh, uh, there's no real answer, but uh, it started being used uh, for Pete's sake as far back as the early 1900s. Uh, one theory is that um, they replaced Jesus or God with another religious figure, Saint Peter. But even then, that doesn't even have a whole lot of uh, substance. So it just was a a substitute. Right, so you don't take the Lord's name in vain. So they just came up with another name, and it just so happened to be Pete, for Pete's sake. For the love of Pete. For the love of Pete. Or Pete's sake. Instead yeah. of using the, the Lord's name in vain. So there you go. All right. Again, folks, you tune in for football talk, but you learn so much more. You learn so it's The more all you know, about, right? You know what? We've, the more we've, you know. We've broken down where willy-nilly comes from, <laughs> for the love of Pete. I mean, this, this show... For crying out loud, <laughs> is just gonna give you, just gonna give you so much. Yes, yeah, it, so it's much. like John Tesh back in the day. Intelligence for your life, you know. Still doing that, by the way. What's that? Still doing that. John Tesh is. Yeah. Intelligence for your life. Yes. He's got the nationally syndicated it's radio still thing going on. Yes. Unless they're running repeats, I still hear it. Where do you hear it? Yeah, you, you know, you're. It, Let's I, say, you know where here's, where, here's where I hear it, okay? okay? I was driving back from the mountains this weekend on Sunday morning. Okay. And you, we didn't have, I didn't have uh, my, my other car that has the XM. I get the XM. So we were in my, my wife's car, and mm. we were just radio, scanning, literally, just scanning, old-time old okay. scanning to find stations. 
And on a Sunday morning, you, you come across uh, John Tesh. John Tesh. For the love of Pete, who knew? Intelligence for your radio. Yeah. Intelligence for your mind. Uh, what's going on in San Francisco? Gosh. You, th- you're, this this puts you in an, un- this is a sticky wicket. We'll t- tackle that one next week. Okay, sticky wicket. <laughs> uh, what What's going on? And yeah. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, uh, that seat just got warmer. Yeah, at some point, it at what point? Because you drafted Trey Lance to be, you know, the next dude, right? So at what point does the next dude become the dude? Because right now, I mean, you just you just got, I mean, you just got whacked by Arizona. By the way, and a backup quarterback at that. How good is Arizona? By the way, are they the most exciting team in football to watch? Seriously. Boy, they are more legit than I ever thought. They I mean, really are. I mean, every week I watch them, even a loss to the Packers, I'm like, damn, they're good. Colt McCoy, 22 of 26, just, you know, completing almost 85% of his passes. Just a simple 249 yards, one TD, oh, oh. How about Connor? James Connor gets 21 carries, catches the ball, three TDs. I mean, I'm not, I am. They they might be the most fun football team in America to watch. Not that you know most of America gets to watch them because they're not named the Cowboys or the Steelers or the Packers, but they are legit. But you ask me, you know, this is this is like pol- politics. This was deflection technique because you know how you know that I have an affinity for Kyle, right? Because of my relationship with Mike, and I've known Kyle since he was like fourteen or whatever. And so you asked me to talk about the Niners, and I switched it into how good are the Arizona yes, Cardinals. Yes, very good. I'm not going to let you get away, though. You're not letting me wiggle off the hook? What is Kyle doing wrong? Mike, I don't – like, I, I can't I can't sit here and tell you. I, I believe in that offense. I believe in Kyle Shanahan's ability to coach. I also know, having covered them, is they don't have a dude. They don't have a matchup guy. So they have to rely on the execution of their players, the execution of their running game, the execution of their players. Debo Samuel is an incredible talent, but he is he is not like, hey, it's third down and seven. Let's just run an individual route for Debo and let him win. That's not what he does. And so... I just think that they have to execute on such a high level with their quarterback, with all their, you know, all their situations. That's what they have to do. And they haven't been able to execute at a high enough level, man. And and like I said, I don't think they have a big time matchup. Ayuk is not that guy. I, you know, a a I mean, Mohamed Sunu has never been that guy, even though I think he's a really good football player. And they have had so many different backs that they have had to run. Now, they're getting some of their guys healthy again, but it's just something not right. You're- Might be time for his, him to play that ace up the sleeve, which is Trey Lance, and just be able to sit back now and say, all right, well, listen, it's time for the kid right. to play. It- He's not going to light the world on fire right away. People are going to have to be patient. Right. Maybe the best way to preserve a job is to – Turn to Trey Lance. Well, I don't think there's any way that that I don't think his seat is even remotely hot. You don't? No, no. I think that owner 
I think I, I don't at all. Okay. So we shall see. Really interesting, though. Good stuff. Uh, always a always a pleasure. Thank goodness we figured out uh, for the love of Pete and what that means. Tune into the next podcast. Sticky, Sticky Wicked. Wicked. Sticky Wicked. I cannot wait to learn about Sticky Wickets. Anyhow, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast, for Mike, myself, for Millennial Ben, we really appreciate you. Uh, also want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at uh, Bet Rivers. Um, I tell you, they've done that. They're just amazing. Check them out, betrivers.com. Um, for all your all your gambling needs, all your betting needs, check out my friends at Bet Rivers. Also, the great folks over at Dude Wipes. Check them out, dudeproducts.com. Remember, Stink 15 for 15% off all the products they sell at Dude Wipes, dudeproducts.com. For Mike, myself, we appreciate you. We'll be back with you next week. Or, no, at the end of this week. Huh, I almost screwed that up for the love of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. I see what you did there.